Welcome. I'm Sarah Pollock. And I'm Quinn Faison. And we're parent coaches at Plan P, where we believe in the power of practice. As parents, we have been there through the teen years. And sometimes being there was a rough road. We learned the P was for many things and always for practice, patience, and pause. From burping a baby to parenting emerging adult children, there is no right or wrong way. We're humans. We learn by doing. The work that we do now as coaches has the full support and approval of our amazing children and our greatest teachers, Allie and Harrison. So if you're a parent, you've come to the right place. We're gonna give you tools to practice clear communication with your children, which will improve your relationships. We're excited to have you join us on this parenting path that passes through the adolescent years where learning is in the pause and perfection is found in practicing. So let's get moving. Hello and welcome back to the Plan P podcast where we are so honored and so grateful that you join us every week and are willing to consider even practicing what we talk about because parenting is a commitment and practicing is a commitment and in that way that who knew that this commitment to parenting was going to give us so many opportunities to practice until oh forever. Well, so many opportunities to make mistakes, which is a great way to learn according to positive discipline. I was going to say. And that's uh, what we're going to talk about today is positive discipline. Yes. We are both certified to do that. We have taken all the training. It is one of many trainings that we have taken over the years. (laughs) Yes. And it's sort of more geared toward tots, I would say. I think they started actually in the first book. I think it's zero to three even. I think Mm -hmm. it was really young and then they went on to toddlers and then it became something that was for like zero to 10-ish. And then they moved on to in the last 10 years, I think is when the teen edition, as it were, came out. And the other day I was talking to someone in a session, I was describing what positive discipline was. Uh And she interrupted me and said, Oh my God, why wasn't, like, I would have signed up for that class when our kids were little. She's got a (laughs) now late teenager. And I said, it was out there. We just didn't know it. (laughs) Yeah, well, and we didn't know it when we could have used it. So hopefully you're hearing this and you can use it. And, you know, it's one of those things, because it's structured for tots, it seems very simple. But really, you can use these tools for the rest of your life with people. Yes, Well, I think that Dr. Jane Nelson, who wrote the first book by herself, and I think she starts by saying, essentially, and I'm going to get this wrong because I'm not reading it, but in 1969, she was feeling very much like a failed parent. Right. And she was studying psychology. And then she joined forces with Lynn Lott, and they came up with Positive Discipline, which is based on Rudolf Dreikers and Alfred Adler. Right. And Jane wrote the book, Positive Discipline. They together formed the Positive Discipline. Discipline Association, which is a nonprofit that supports sharing these teachings with parents and educators and foster parents and yeah. a, a number of people. And positive discipline. How can you not like the idea of it at least? Yeah. And, you know, at its core, it's, I think, sort of this idea that you can either be really strict or really lax, and both of those end up with some problematic areas. And so finding that middle between the two. I like the way you describe it and how I view 
view it in that way that we work together. Mm -hmm. You say, I think of the tattoos. I always go back and listen to the tattoo episode, but my (laughs) tattoo leads to yours to form a complete thought. And what positive discipline is, is about being kind and firm which mm-hmm. is what you've just described. Right. And it's really about finding the balance. And that doesn't mean neither. It means finding balance. Sometimes firmness is something that we want to do. And you can be both kind and firm. Right. It's so, not like lax or rigid. Right. So kind and firm is keeping your boundaries, but not necessarily being punitive, right? That's the kindness is to look them in the eye and have the conversation without giving in to their behavior. Right. One of the primary principles of positive discipline is understanding the mistakes are necessary right. and that they are an opportunity to learn and not just for children, but for parents as well. Absolutely. Like we're going to make mistakes. What are, where are the opportunities to learn? And our kids are going to make mistakes as well. And how can we invite them to see that those are not failings? Right. Those are opportunities. Yeah. We have a a poster down in the basement. Oh, we do. I uh, bought for the kids. Yeah, that has four presidents on it who failed miserably and then went on to greatness. Yes. Check the show notes. We will post that poster <laughs> because I bought it for the kids when they were probably, oh, five and eight, and it is still there in our basement. I get to look at it on yeah. a regular basis. So it speaks to all of us because all of these, they were all men, became right president and had failed businesses. Well, and there's the famous, I I don't know whether it's a myth or not, that Einstein was a horrible student Mm. and went on to be a great thinker, right? Yeah. The men and the women. It seemed completely plausible to me that not being a good student is not necessarily related to how well you can think, especially in the abstract. There was a book that said Einstein had ADHD. And Mm. the more you read, the more you will find that they have identified many brilliant people, again, mostly men of renown right as having being on the spectrum right having adhd processing differences that made them slow down right so that they could discover great things yeah well it seems like all of the the things that make them different also allow them to think differently or be outside of the box in some way right oh there we are inside the box thinking right and positive discipline i think is a very kind way of learning because Mm. it recognizes that humans and that we're going to make mistakes. And I think the training, which we did probably a year and a half ago or two years ago, really was foundational to some many of the conversations that we have. Yeah. And I just want to put a plug here. We will be using our positive discipline educator training and they have a training that is specifically for teens. One of the many things that we will be using part of our upcoming ongoing Wednesday workshops support group, which will be starting on March 13th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you check the show notes or look on our website, you can join us and learn more about positive discipline. So we'll be plugging that more (laughs) in the future. Hopefully we've given you an idea of what positive discipline is. is. And now why is it so important to talk about positive discipline when we've already made all those mistakes for 13 years, right? Why does it matter when the kids are adolescents? So I think part of the reason that we refer often to how 
how similar the toddler years are to the teen years is because these are both periods of time when developmentally the brain is going crazy and they're just learning a lot. And so these two periods are really opportunities to really support our kids in learning to be the best human beings they can be. Yeah, and I think because of that brain development, it's also a really good opportunity to start shifting from being the pilots to our new role as co-pilot right? or the boss to our new role as consultant. We get to establish kind and firm using the positive discipline tools for this next part of the journey, for the transitional period from boss to consultant for an adult. right? And if you haven't already learned them, that's okay. The kids' brains are developing differently. You get to have different kinds of conversations with them as a consultant than you did when you were boss. What that does in many ways is invites connection. Yes. And one of the foundation, another foundational principle of positive discipline is it's about building connection. Right. And, and it's not about just throwing the positivity on them. Sometimes people are like, oh, I do that. I'm very positive. I always point out their strengths. And when they make a mistake, I just tell them how, basically. Right. I'm really paraphrasing because I, I'm sure I did this. Yeah, you blew it all yesterday, but look, you just told me that you've done this one good thing and I'm so happy about that. That's so good of you. It doesn't, positive discipline doesn't mean accentuating the positive and ignoring the negative. Right. It's it's not the giving the award for just participating. Participation. Right. That's lying to yourself and your child. Right. And so positive discipline really is about finding the balance to see everything thing as an opportunity. Right. And parenting teens, it's difficult to do that because we're so afraid. I think that that's, I I was talking to a parent of a young child and she was saying, you know, I've got two real fears, swimming pools and cars. Mm. And I'm like, how do you manage that? Because she was going on a trip with her sister and her sister's like, look at this fabulous place. And she's like, yes, with the wide open space to a swimming pool where my toddler will be in danger. Right. And she's like, so she was firm and kind with her sister. She said, if you guys want to rent that place, that's great. We will find another place and we will come over because it's my job as a parent of a toddler and an infant. Right. So I can't always have eyes on the toddler because I'm also juggling the infant to not be near a swimming pool. Right. And the car, I'm like, how do you deal with the car? Because, <laughs> right. well, she only will, she she's the only one who drives her children, she and her husband, and that's it. Mm. So she's recognizing that she's going to have to shift. She right. gears a little. Someone else may have to drive her child and she gets to shift. And this that, that's that shift when you have a second child or that you shift to, like, you're going back to work. There are millions of shifts in the parental relationship and recognizing where the fear lies, I think is an important pause in parenting teens. Because if we are just living in fear of all the things they could do, because they can go outside, they can go swimming, they can go in a car, they're going to do all of that stuff that we might've been afraid of at some point. Mm. Hopefully they'll buckle their seatbelts. Hopefully they'll wear a helmet. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. They may not. They may not do any of those things. And how do we let go of the fear? Because the honest truth is... If you're coming from a place of fear, that's the focus. It's really hard to come from a place of love. If one uses my acronym for love or one of my many, let others voluntarily evolve. Right. You can't come from a place of that kind of love if you are jumping on their back. If you're playing like like that defense, defense, you can't go, can't go, can't go, can't go. Yeah, which makes defense. me, I mean, it, it's not the fear so much as the protection around our fear, right? Mm. It's the wrapping them in bubble wrap. Because we can't always control what we're afraid of, but we 
we can control our response to it. So it's being fearless in that way of allowing them to leave the house, even when it scares you that they may be getting in somebody else's car. Yeah. So here's the thing about that. I hear you. And I would say that identifying specifically the fear, Mm -hmm. can I let go of some of it? I think one of the hardest things to do, to let them get in the car, to let them leave the house, right? to let them live their life, acknowledging that I can identify my fear and then actually loosen my grip on it, particularly if I'm willing to communicate with them. Yeah. Fully let go, maybe. Right. So I think that one of the truths of the teen years and the young adult years and all parenting years, all parenting years, is that it's hard to come from a place of support and letting others voluntarily evolve, meaning they're going to make mistakes and there are going to be consequences. It's hard to let all that happen when you're coming from a place of fear. Mm. And I think that when you're giving them perhaps the keys to the car or they're getting in someone else's car. because So I think that letting fear lead pushes, letting them live their life pushes love, letting others voluntarily evolve into the back seat. And fear is driving the bus. Mm. And we become the crazy people. And by we, I mean me. Right. I became the crazy person because there's drugs and there's alcohol and there are bad things. They were going to be near swimming pools and they were going to be near cars. And I wasn't going to be there with them. And when that fear takes over a parent's life, especially when they think that part of the choices that we we as parents have made in the past have consequences which are leading our children to make unfortunate choices, part of the fear of being the parent of a preteen, teen, or young adult mm-hmm. is that, that the choices that we made in the past are the reason the children, almost adults, are making choices that have negative consequences now. So I'm ultimately responsible because I messed up when they were five. I didn't take uh, them swimming lessons and now they're going to drown. I'm coming from a place of fear and what that fear is when they become teenagers can be quite overwhelming because I am both afraid that they're going to make bad choices and I'm afraid of the consequences because I'm afraid that they're going to either become drug addicts or not get an A or whatever the fear is. They're right. not going to live up and it's going to be because I did something wrong and it's going to have really disastrous consequences and finding that place of letting their choices have consequences and just being there for them. Right. And not making it about me and all the things I did wrong. Right. So it's it's a complicated time. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Okay. I mean, I hear what you're saying, that you've attached some failing of yours to their... I must have made a mistake. Right. Or otherwise they wouldn't be acting like such an idiot. And we know that's not true. The reason that teenagers make poor decisions is not because what parents did to them. Right. It's because of where they are in their development process. Right. And some part of it is a result of how we parented them in the past. And we can change and they can change, having firm and kind boundaries. Yeah, well, and I think at this age, it's really important, again, like toddlers, they're learning where those boundaries need to be, right? And if you keep moving them around, it's not as instructive. It's not as helpful. So really being clear about where the boundary is and why, because then you can hold on to it. If If it's just because I'm annoyed right now, so I'm saying no, then that's not necessarily a great boundary. But if it's thought through, like you're not allowed to drive when you're a teenager with more than a couple of other people because it has been determined that that's distracting and teens will do things that are particularly stupid in order to impress 
impress larger groups of friends. Right. They are hardwired to do that, to to want to be able to be part of a new group, not just the family group. And this is an important piece for parents to remember. It's not they're pushing away. They're expanding. They're expanding and they're moving. They are moving away, but they really want a consistency of kind of firm boundaries because they want to know that you're going to be there to catch them when they fall. Yeah. And to know the limit that they may try to skirt around and may successfully skirt around, but knowing that, that that's the line and that they are making a decision to cross it rather than, well, I don't know if that's really that important. Right. And they're going to make those decisions, but so long as we as parents are clear, right? It just, it, I mean, this is the thing about parenting teens. It's easier to be clear with a toddler. You just don't go out where the swimming pool is, period. Right. Just having boundaries is kind and firm. Right. If you are clear about them not moving them, right. which makes you inconsistent, which makes you unreliable. And if their choices have consequences, which aren't positive, will you be there for them? Right. Because that's ultimately our hope. Not be there for them, always reassuring them, but helping them understand further how mistakes are learning opportunities. Yeah, that means a certain amount of introspection, both on their part and and on your part. Well, and I would posit that new introspection on our part first, I mean, in that modeling way, we are modeling, pausing, modeling, understanding. And this is the other thing about positive discipline, and it's also key to another thing that we will be including (laughs) in our March, starting March 13th workshop Wednesdays, is understanding the behaviors make sense. Right. And positive discipline really is, you know, their behaviors make sense to them. We as parents understanding brain development and then getting down on their level and checking in with them. What are the feelings there? Looking in the eye and eye or, you know, even looking up at them. (laughs) (laughs) Or sitting side by side so they don't have to look at you, which is often a a helpful... Yeah, we often talk about the value of getting the teen in the car, not driving, but in the passenger seat so that you can have conversations where eye contact is not necessary and pauses really pay off because if you don't let them turn on the music or start watching something on their phone, the pauses are when they will fill the space. It helps teenagers to feel like they're in control of the conversation. So that's something else that the pauses do. It allows them to either carry it on or or not. Mm, Absolutely. So why it's so important is even if they're screaming to get away from us, the truth is that as parents, we have a role still and you'll really want them to know that they can always come home and there are boundaries when they're home. You know, I'm also reminded of the phenomenon, which I think is not unusual, of feeling like your kid is rude or disrespectful or monosyllabic and then running into a parent who said, oh, your kid's so delightful. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that how they are in the world is not necessarily what they're showing you. Right. Our goal is to be the safe people where they can test Which means they can be monosyllabic with us or or what have you. They're just... They're testing one, two, three, just like they were when they were toddlers in some ways. Yep. How many times can I say no? I say no as the parent and then they scream no because they're learning, I mean, as toddlers, they're learning where they begin and you end. And as teenagers, it's the same thing, just again, different. Um, I love, Daniel Siegel wrote a book called Brainstorm in which he assures us that yes, parenting adolescence is a highly emotionally challenging task. And being an adolescent is also that, you know, I mean, as a parent understanding those boundaries, when to speak, when to wait, when to constrain, 
when to permit things, when to hold close, when to let go. There's so much balancing in these years as they become adults. Yes. And and balancing is hard. And one of the other things about balancing is about constant movement. Even within one foot, when I stand balancing on one foot. <laughs> yeah. It's about constantly adjusting. Constantly. And micro adjustments, not, not huge swinging adjustments, but micro adjustments. Right. Yeah. But walking on a balance beam, walking on, you know, whenever you're walking along, here's a practice that's not the practice. Just try putting one foot in front of the other and seeing how you do. How, what do you use your arms? Do you use, you know, and then stopping, standing on one leg, seeing how long you can balance on one foot because you are using so many muscles and so many bones. I don't even know. The interesting thing for me is I stand there and I'm wobbly. And then as I focus really on touching the ground, being centered on my foot, I can stand more still. I was going to say the, the other piece of balancing on one foot is alignment. Right. It's aligning your structure. I think one of the other things about finding balance as a parent in the teen years is, and this is why I think it's so important to refocus on this mm-hmm. positive discipline, is that these years deserve a new focus, a new attention, where we as parents can release all the mistakes of the past that we may or may not have made, but our kids, for ourselves, for our choices, for their behavior, for our behavior. And this is such a brilliant opportunity to hit the pause and not the panic button and hitting the the plus sign, a really lovely opportunity to hit the positive again. Mm -hmm. So the question is, how do you do that? (laughs) Well, you know, remember your plan to build positive connections and not tear those down with whatever fear or negative ideas that, that you can come up with. I mean, we can choose to tell positive stories or negative stories in our head, mm. why they're doing it. And I can come up with positive mm. reasons or negative reasons. Right. With lack of information, if we don't connect to our kids, we're working only with the story in our head about right. how they're feeling. And the teen years really do offer us an opportunity to ask the questions because yeah. they now have full language sometimes. <laughs> When they choose to use it. And when they're giving the time and space and not being shamed. And, and, and not having to reassure us either. And our shaming them is usually out of fear. Yep. Right? We, Absolutely. Because culturally, shame is used as a way to tell people what not to do. Right? To keep them in line. as a Ah, and you know what? In shame, there's no room for mistakes. Mm-hmm. Because here's another acronym. You ready? Should have already mastered everything. Right. Can't make a mistake. You should have known better. Gives me pause and a little bit of a gut punch to remember all of that. A lot of people in schools really believe that the way and a lot of parents too in that firm you gotta you gotta be firm Sarah and if that's your comfort level great understand where the opportunities are in that firmness and they should have and they should have and they should have they should know better they look like adults they're not adults (laughs) well and that's the difference between being firm and being rigid right Mm, right so being firm is knowing where that boundary is and why that boundary is and having communication around that boundary whether they've crossed it or not still having conversation and communication around it right whereas rigid is you did this thing you crossed the boundary you should have known not to do now you're you know grounded instead of now i can't trust you right because you've so you're gonna have to earn back your trust a little bit and you Mm. can't do it this week but let's what can you do to, to earn that trust back right and that's honest there's a lot of 
honesty in that. You lost my trust. Right. It doesn't mean forever, but no. you did this. And the consequence of that decision on your part is that you've lost trust around this issue and you can, right. but it's the positivity is you can earn it back. Yes. That's positive. Yes. I want to be in relationship with you. I want you to trust me. Tell me how this feels to you. I mean, there's so much opportunity for conversation there yeah. if we're not being rigid. Yes. And this period of time really is, and I think I referenced this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. It's really about giving up on the old ways because the kids are changing mm. and giving new ones a try. It's not testing. It's just, huh, let's try it this way today as a parent. Yesterday, this sort of went south. I <laughs> made a mistake. I'm going to own my part. Getting back to the accountability podcasts of the past. Right. And adapting to this new part of the journey. And yes, I came up with an acronym for ADAPT that doesn't honor the English language properly. So the acronym is for ADAPT. Uh-huh. Always do another positive try, which just acknowledges that I'm going to give it another try. I'm going right. to put a, not put a positive spin on the negative, but I am going to try to think positively, not lie and act as if, but I'm going to give it another positive try. So I'm going to move forward because the last way I did it didn't work. Right. Doesn't mean that if I do it differently, it might not work. Right. It's not doing another positive thing. Mm -hmm. It's another positive try. Right. It's, it, I think, gentler, kinder. I'm going to try again because getting back to the poster, mm. right? If at first I don't succeed in, well, maybe because I wasn't doing it in the most positive fashion. Maybe I was using shame, but trying to pretend I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we get afraid. I was going to say, or we let fear rule it and, and end up yelling and screaming in ourselves. Right. Because I know yes. that one of the yes. things fear Selfing. did for us was try to get him to understand by yelling as if the ears were the problem. Only if we're part of the problem can we be part of the solution mm. and these years there's so much opportunity to learn from our mistakes i sort of want to even soften the word mistakes okay. right so if we're mm. if we're using the adapt try it's like yeah these are a series of experiments mm. how do we best reach our child you know and we experiment with different you know places and times and language and tone and i mean there there's a lot in communication and it's very sciencey one I'm of like the... get into the experiment i mean i i picture all these beakers and <laughs> like but that's an opportunity yes and trying different things yeah. acknowledging yeah. that didn't really work so well and you know maybe in the car it would be better or maybe not in the car is better so experiments are an opportunity to learn absolutely that's that i needed to restate yes. the plan p version <laughs> <laughs> of positive discipline is experiments is living our life. Almost everything is an experiment. Yeah, because we try things. And insanity, that doing things the same way and expecting different results, right. is because we're doing things that don't work and expecting things to change, right. doing them again. So doing things differently or doing the thing that works again and again and again, those are both totally reasonable things. And we do learn by rote often. I mean, it's why mm -hmm. kids want the same book again and again and again, <laughs> right. right? It's because they're sort of learning through becoming familiar. Right. So when something works, of course, we want to try to do it again. And then sometimes with teenagers, what worked last week 
won't work this week. And that's part of the balance. Like there's always little adjustments. Right. There's always little adjustments, just like when they were little, their brains were, I mean, think about it. People are so like what worked last week for an infant to get it to sleep doesn't work this week because they've changed. So it's the same thing here. Unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately, parents, this is the thing. You can't just rest on your laurels. Yeah. These are not resting moments. These are moments to be aware Mm. and do a positive try. Right. So I think that's the perfect segue to the practice. (laughs) It's practice adapting. And what the A is for, the one that came to me was always, because it's constant, right? This is a constant readjustment, a constant readapting. Always do a positive try. Mm -hmm. Recognize that you can always adapt. You can accept doing a positive try. You can acknowledge doing a positive try and then hit the reset, start again, hit the plus, Mm -hmm. keep going. Right. So this week is to just remember your job is to adapt. Are you giving it a positive try? A new twist. (laughs) This week, practice adapting however you do it. We look forward to hearing from you if you want to email or telling us how your practice is going. We love to hear from you. If you want to comment on Instagram or wherever else we may or may not be this week. Um, But remember, these are times of change and change takes time. And patience. And and practice, 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 practice. practice. Keep practicing. You got this. Thank you for tuning in to Plan P. We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable takeaways that you can practice this week. And remember change takes time. To stay connected with us and ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast with your friends, family, and other parents who could benefit from these discussions. Also, please be sure to leave us a review on Apple or Spotify because that will help us reach more amazing parents like you. If you want to talk to us one-on-one or learn other ways in which we support families, visit our website at planp.us. You can also keep up with Plan P on Instagram and TikTok at planp is4. We will meet you back here next week.